0: You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra
1: mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Oh, my God! Oh, my goodness! You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
1: Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 208, Podcast 208, Thursday, March 29th, 2018 edition of the show, Baseball Opening Day. Yes, sir. This is one of your favorite days of the year, right?
0: Yes, yes. This is
1: one of my favorite sports days of the year. Now, sadly, you have to work through most of it, but I'm uh, sure this evening, yeah. be right. uh, this evening you'll be watching, so that'll be good. Yep. Um, today's show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag the best online sports book uh, out there with the best odds. If you're looking for action for baseball, for the final four this weekend, anything else, whatever you're looking for, they've got everything that you are going to want to put money on. Uh, So go and sign up with WCE50. That's the promo code, WCE50. They'll give you a 50% deposit bonus. So go check it out, mybookie.ag today for the best odds. Uh, If you're watching this on Facebook, uh, to help support the show, press the share button. It's in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, any of your podcast apps. Uh, Chris, on today's show, we're doing a little bit of rapid fire, okay? We've got a lot that we got to get through today. Come on. Odell Beckham Jr. wants $20 million a year should the Giants trade him. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk is Penny Hardaway? setting the bar a little too high for his own career at Memphis. Uh, The Grizzlies have won two straight. What the hell are they doing? Uh, Johnny Manziel worked out at Texas A&M's Pro Day Tuesday. He looked good. Is an NFL team going to give him a shot? Uh, We're going to talk MLB opening day, and we're going to give you our NCAA Tournament Final Four gambling picks and predictions. Uh, The show, as usual is brought to you by winningcureseverything.com. Get the latest news and great stories on the website. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash winningcureseverything on Twitter at winningcures. And you can follow our personal accounts on Twitter. I am at WCE. Chris, you are? I'm at Chris B Giannini. Good deal. All right, let's go on and get through the Odell Beckham Jr. situation with the New York Giants, okay? Okay. Here's what we know so far. OBJ has said he will not play for the Giants under his current contract. He is slated to make $8.46 million this year. He is an unrestricted free agent in 2019. It was leaked that Beckham is on the trade market. It was then leaked that the Giants want two first-round picks for him. Giants GM uh, Dave Gettleman has come out and said, quote, you don't quit on talent. And today, OBJ is rumored to have told several Rams players that he wants to play for the Rams. Look. The highest-paid wide receiver in the league is Antonio Brown at $17 million a year. Where do you stand on this? Should the Giants trade him? Do they need to get off of that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the Giants trade him. Um,
0: he doesn't need to play there anymore. Once you've burned a relationship like this, it's really hard to fix it. Um, so I believe that. But uh, more importantly, he ain't getting $20 million a year. It's no, that's possible. The, the only way he gets $20 million a year is if somebody gives him a one-year deal. Maybe a yeah. two-year deal. But that's not what he's looking for. See, he's just coming off his rookie contract, okay? Yeah. He hasn't gotten that big contract, that big payday. That's what he wants. And uh, he, the problem with L.A. is is I don't think L.A. will be able to give him the big contract. If he wants to play there and he'll take less money, then maybe, or a shorter deal, then maybe. Because I do think L.A. wants big names. L.A. wants stars. You know, next year they're opening that stadium. And they want to bring some cachet with them. Yes. Uh, and uh, and they've loaded up that team with with stars already on the defensive side of the ball. They've got Gurley on offense, but that's about it. Odell Beckham would be huge.
1: Yes, I agree. For the Rams, he would be massive. Uh, I don't think that you can build a winning football team in the NFL if you are paying one wide receiver twenty million dollars. Oh no, so we're going to disagree there. You have to be one of these
0: young teams with – not young teams. You have to be one of these teams with a young quarterback. If you're paying yeah. your quarterback 200000 a year, which is what Dallas is paying Dak, then you could absolutely go pay $20 million to Odell. You just have to know that once Dak hits
1: free agency, one of them's got to go. Yeah, that's, you can't keep both it. of them. That's it. And that that's the issue. So how yep. long does Goff have left on his, uh, on his? Well, game? he's only, this last year was just a second year and the rookie deals are five year deals. Oh, okay. So it's not
0: four, it's five. Years. No, it's five years. It's so usually, it's usually five years. Now it might
1: only be four. So I'm not uh, first round picks. It might be a little different too. So yeah, that's, that's true. Um, I, I think once you get on up there, because like, obviously they got Sue on a one year deal, they've got. A lot of these other guys on short-term deals. They I, still I have the to get a job done with Donaldson. Uh, Donald. Yeah.
0: that That's the – their priority number one needs to be getting a deal with him.
1: Yes, I do agree with that. I agree 100%. Uh, let's go on a move off of this one. Well, hang on. Let's uh, say I know we don't – we've
0: got to go fast. So we've got a bunch to cover. but okay. But we're on this, so let's do it.
1: Okay. Um Do you think anybody would give two first-round picks for him? I don't believe so. See, I, I don't, don't either. think there's anybody that would give now. I could see a first round, and like maybe a, a future third round or fourth round, something like that. I the, could see that. The thing
0: that right. I can think of, the team that I could think of that would do it and that has the money to pay him what he wants, yeah, is Cleveland. If he goes to play with his boy Jarvis, they've got so many draft picks over the next couple of years. If they gave away a first and a second, you know, maybe maybe next year, this year's second. And next year's first, um, they could do it, and uh, and I think that would get the deal done. And then they could get him close to twenty. Like I said, last well, yeah. Week, but man. here's the
1: deal: Jarvis this year, uh, so he's an unrestricted free agent next year, just like Odell Beckham. Uh, Landry makes fifteen point nine eight million dollars this year. Yeah. So if you're talking about signing. Uh, Odell Beckham to a 20 funny. million dollar a year you're you're looking at nobody in the
0: world has ever done this think about what the browns have all these people the browns have already signed they still have 70 million dollars in cap space for this year to burn up Agreed, they've got, but they've got much so if they pay Odell and let jarvis walk next year who cares this yeah,
1: year. But if, Odell wants, if he wants a long-term contract eventually I guess it depends on whether or not Beckham wants to go to a team that that would win right away, or if he just wants to make money. Like if his favorite thing is green, then see, that's where see, he needs I think, to go. I think
0: that's completely wrong. Cleveland, God, I know I'm going to sound like an idiot. This is not going to last well. You, this you year. said this. I, you said I this last year. I think they're close, year. and if they added an Odell, as long as they can get somebody capable and competent. And here's the thing: so let's say they draft a quarterback. That guy's going to be cheap for five years. So you don't yep. have to worry. What you're going to pay that rookie quarterback would be would be normally what – and then you kind of flop what you normally pay receivers with what you're paying Odell and the quarterback swaps.
1: Do you – That's are, how are you mathematically keeping, make it work. Are they keeping Tyrod Taylor?
0: Oh, no, he's a bridge. He's a one-year deal. He's only got a one-year contract.
1: Okay. So He's just a free a agent day.
0: after this year. That's a total bridge.
1: Okay. Now, if he so comes out and
0: he shows that he's a pro bowler, and, and the Bills just completely mismanaged him and Hugh Jackson can make him look like, you know, Joe Montana, then, then no, you keep him
1: and you're good. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I'm, look, I, I don't see how it works long-term paying a guy $20 million a year at that position. It only works but if you're paying incredible. the quarterback nothing. Agreed, agreed. Which there's only a few teams in the NFL that can do that right now, right? Yeah. So we've got the Browns, the Rams. Oh, you're going to have the
0: Bills. All the people that are drafting first round quarterbacks this year, everybody that did it last year, and everybody that did it the year before. You've got a lot more teams than you think that would actually be in play. Most of them are just financially savvy enough to where they're just not going to do it. But then you've got teams like the Browns that have been printing cash for the last couple of years and hadn't spent it. They're trying to make noise. I think uh, that makes if sense. They make, I don't think the Rams would move the picks unless the
1: Rams think we can win a Super Bowl this year, and they're just going all in. Would it be worth it to the Rams to go all in to win a Super Bowl this year? I mean, if you win a I, Super Bowl I love or even team. get to one, like does, love, it, does it change the face of that market over there? Because they're still trying to get oh, fans in the stadium. No, the, the fans, are, if Odell comes, Sue's there, they sign
0: Donald, fans are going to come. Here's, here's the thing that worries me. I don't know, no matter how good that team is around him. Can Jarrett Goff win a Super Bowl? That's, but, I mean, we just watched Nick Foles win one, so why the
1: hell can he? No, you're right. You're right. It all depends. Like, it, offense is is completely changing uh, the NFL game right now. Uh, it, next week we're going to get into the new targeting rule and all that, but yeah. there's a lot of things that are changing that are that are making offense. You know, the, the old mantra was defense wins championships, right? Uh, run the ball, stop the run, all that that we've always talked about. But I don't know. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll always – the old school part of me will always stick with that. That's what won this past championship. That's what's won the last several. Yeah. The best no, defensive I'm, I'm team
0: you. has won every championship game so far for the last five or six years, no matter what the offenses are doing.
1: Uh, but at the same time, you still need an offense that can put points up. Oh, well yeah, you obviously. You've got to, you can't be the Browns. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, well, you're not going to have uh you're not going to have like a 2000 Ravens or no, uh, no, whatever no, no. that Giants team was back in the day that that yeah. just had the best uh defense, right? Yeah. Like that's probably not going to happen anymore. But um, but I
0: think I think offenses today, I mean, if you're if you're a middle-tier offense, if you're 12th in the league or better offensively, you got a good defense, and you win Super. Bowl.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. You ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, sorry. Let's go. It's all good. Penny Hardaway. Now, since he got the job at Memphis, he has been resetting expectations, trying to get the fans hyped up, right? Yep. Uh, he keeps talking about a home-and-home with Calipari, which I refuse to believe is actually going to happen until I see it because I just don't think that Cal is voluntarily going to come back to FedEx Forum. I just don't buy that. Um at least not against Memphis right no like he no, came back no, que- no question he's coming back. That's gonna happen. You think so. I know it's gonna happen. okay yeah. All right I, I, when I see it then I will believe it but right now I just don't know if I'm if I'm yeah. in on it. Um, look, Penny has said he expects to win a national championship and for Memphis to be the top program in the country in the next five years. Now all of that leads to last night on Instagram, uh, Kenny posted a video of him on a plane headed to San Antonio for the Final Four. The post said, at the Final Four, visualizing Tiger basketball being in this position next year. Now, to me, that's a little bit soon to be talking about Final Fours. I think there's a lot that needs to get done, and there's still a lot more talent needs to bring in. But um, is there any harm in setting such high expectations for the Memphis basketball fan base just a little over a week into his first college head coaching job? Oh, no, especially not right now because right now
0: we don't, you know, it's just, it's all fun. Everything we're talking about now doesn't matter in three months. So, no, I I think set the bar as high as you want. Say all the crazy things you want to say. Make all the, the great statements you want now because once games get here, you can't do any of that stuff because people actually remember what you said. But saying it today and next November when they actually start playing, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna care. He's just trying to get people
1: excited today. And I think that's great. I don't have a problem with that. Okay, so there's no like it, he doesn't need to temper expectations. He doesn't need to say, Well no. like if he it's tempers expectations
0: if you're a recruit and a guy's like, Well, we're gonna be good in a year or two, you gotta give us some time and you're like, Man, I'm one and done. Well, you know, time for me. He can't talk like
1: that. Yeah. Then it and just the way, sounds like Tubby the Smith. The way college that, right? basketball
0: is today, you have to talk about every team can win the championship next year.
1: Yeah, no, you can. You can win now, right? Yeah. Like that—that that happens across the board. Uh, I mean, hell, Missouri did it this year, right? So you went from a, a, a plus one hundred and fifty Ken Palm team to an NCAA tournament team. Now Missouri, like they tried to bring back Michael Porter Jr. a little bit early. Didn't end up getting out of the first round, but they did make it to the NCAA tournament after winning like seven games last year.
0: But we have so no it idea what they would have looked like had Porter Jr. been healthy the whole year. That's I true. mean, they, they could have been a one seed. You know, they could have wrecked this tournament had he never had the back problem.
1: Agree. So, Agree. So, and I'm not disputing that. I'm saying that I wonder well, if this team might have been better had they not brought him back. Oh, no. I don't think he took meaningful minutes away from a guy that would have won either of those games. I just – I wonder about chemistry and whatnot. I I don't know. I don't know. That, These that guys practice
0: question. together all the time. Throwing one guy out there, as long as he's not Russell Westbrook, you don't care, okay? Now, if you yeah, throw you a Russell right. Westbrook out there, then, yeah, he's going to mess up everybody's chemistry because he's going to just take the ball. But Porter Jr. didn't do that, and he did not play that way. No, I think yeah, – you might be right. You might be right. You can't be that good at this game and have played it for that long, and for one guy who's incredibly – Athletic and have the ability to do all the things that he can. To think that one guy's going to mess everything all up—that's that,
1: the, the other four guys aren't worth their salt. Now you maybe that look. I'll I'll go with you on that. I yeah. do. Uh, I didn't think you might be right there. Um, let's talk about the Grizzlies really quick. Oh God, I really don't want to. <laughs> did Did you watch this last night?
0: No, I didn't watch it last night until the last three minutes when somebody texted me and said, "Hey, they're about to win.
1: They're up by five with three minutes to go." Well, all right, so here's the deal. The Grizzlies have won two straight games over playoff teams. Minnesota, who is currently the eight seed, and Portland, who is currently the three seed in the West. Uh, They went from being tied for the least wins in the NBA to being tied for the second least wins in the NBA, inching them even closer to being out of the top three. Now, here's the standings right now. Currently, the Grizzlies have 21. uh, They're 21 and 54 with seven games remaining. Uh, The way it sets up, the Suns have 19 wins. The Grizz and the Hawks have 21. The Magic have 22. uh, The Mavericks have 23. And the Nets, Bulls, and Kings all have 24. Uh, Now, with seven games left, it seems unlikely that they would win enough to catch up to, like, the Kings, Nets, and Bulls at 24. But at 21 wins, and you've still got the Magic on the schedule, you've still got the Mavericks. Like, these are all teams that are fighting for lowest position. They seemed to have that's the difference. Yeah, those teams are fighting for lowest position, and this team is ran by a bunch of idiots, just complete imbeciles. Well, here, let me let me bring this question to you. They seem to find a stud in Marshawn Brooks, right? So a former Providence player who's been averaging thirty-nine plus points a game in China this season. They bring him in in his first game. He has twenty-one points last night, goes five of five from three and the team is running damn isos for him in the fourth quarter against a playoff team. Like, is is winning games and finding possible pieces to keep for next season worth the reduced chance of ping-pong balls that the Grizzlies could get in the NBA draft lottery?
0: No. No, they're not. Guess what? We know he's good. You knew he was good by the third quarter. Put his ass on the bench.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if he gets a hot, take him out.
0: That's right. You see what he can do. You get everybody excited and say, whoa, we got something here.
1: All right. And you put know he's down. clutch. Like yeah. you, you can already see that he's clutch. So now, now we
0: put him down.
1: Yeah, because Tyreek didn't even play last night, and, and Brooks took over that role. Marshawn yeah. Brooks. Look, Dylan Brooks had 18 points last night. Like, You already know that he's good. You can't go out and not play your guys. They are, I they get are trying. Yes, you can.
0: Yes, you can. You can play them for three quarters and pull them for the fourth. You're playing two playoff teams that need wins. They're gonna yeah. keep fighting in the fourth quarter. You can have a twenty-point lead going into the fourth. Pull them, put the scrubs in, put the mop, put, put all the custodians in for mop-up duty, <laughs> and and then you just and then just let the other team run it back. That's it. You you fight hard for three quarters. You play to win for three quarters so you can see what you got in your dudes. And then, and then you, you pull give them, them the, the fourth,
1: fourth, and you give yeah. them the fourth. Give up the game, and that way you've got your your highest possible chance at at getting a good pick. And then, and like then, the, when you play
0: Mavericks, when you play the Magic, when you play these other teams that are taken, you don't give them three quarters. You don't give them any quarters. They all came down with Ebola, and they're not at the game.
1: <laughs> you don't even let they're them in the stadium. They're not they don't even, they the don't even show.
0: They don't even show up in suits. They get everybody <laughs> sick.
1: I love it. I absolutely
0: love it. This is the right. most mismanaged team I've ever seen in my life. I'm a Browns fan, and this is the most mismanaged team I've ever seen in my life. They I got lucky. You can get
1: mad at, if they win. like They yes, got lucky against Minnesota. Yes, you right? can. You absolutely can get mad because it's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid to, to win a game here
0: and there. They average one win out of every win When what, those three, wins maybe? now take you out of the bottom, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. stupid. It's absolutely stupid. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're going to screw this. We're going to pick between seven and ten. Just, just trust me.
1: No trust, chance. Trust me. It's gonna no happen. chance. It's gonna happen. Now, I don't believe that they'll get the one pick because I don't think that the NBA likes the Grizzlies enough to actually do that. Exactly. Exactly. As once you get out of the bottom three, you, hell, we could pick twelve. We could
0: be the biggest losers in the lottery. It's still a lottery. It's still baseball. No, you palm don't pick balls. twelve. Like if you're one through three. It, um, once we get out of the bottom three, that's what I just said, once we get out of the bottom three, the we could go all the way to twelve.
1: No The only three that are protected are the bottom three. No, but then everybody else is in order. The top three are not in order. Like that's where the ping pong balls come in. It's not the lottery doesn't work like that. So it's like if you've got the first say you've got the worst record in the NBA, right? The way that it so, works. So and what Christians happens if had they go on a winning streak? What happens if they went out? They just beat two playoff teams, okay? If they went out, that puts them at, what, 28? 28 wins? Yeah, then we'd be in a lot of trouble. Then they'd probably be picking 12. That's, that's but the I way just... that this works, it's 7 to 10. 10 we're going to pick no there. way that they are picking between 7 and 10. Yeah. All right. That's it. I, we'll see I how this, do not believe. We'll see
0: how this looks in,
1: in a month. That's uh, No, we'll see how this looks in a week and a half. Well, okay. So, because we, you know, like, they we'll, just be, we'll know. They just beat Portland. Portland's one of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah, but it was without Damian Lillard. Like, their starting point guard went back to Portland, like, to go and see the birth of his child. So, like, I can understand it a little bit. You think the league told him to do that?
0: Hey, we really need Memphis to not be in the bottom three. Man, you know, like, I wouldn't somebody so. Said, somebody sent a message to him and said, hey, why don't y'all induce this baby? We really need you to miss the Cleveland game and don't miss the, the Dallas game because Dallas, we need to be – they're a marquee franchise. Yeah. Orlando's a marquee
1: franchise. Mm. Well, no, with, the, with the black eye that uh, the Mavericks have put on the league here lately, I don't know if uh, – I don't know if they want Everybody's, to the first big – that's, that's all.
0: Listen, we live in a new cycle. That stuff's over with. Nobody cares. Da, the NBA might care. How many people have talked about it in the last week? Two weeks. Three weeks. Uh, nobody's talked to me about it, but nobody. Right nobody's really talked about on the, the radio. Nobody's talked about it. No, but nobody really talks about the NBA on the radio. I follow podcasts that do, and
1: and they don't and they talk about it, about it either. National yeah. podcast. Yeah, you might be right, uh, but you can imagine that it will be brought up if they end up with the first pick. No, no. One. All right, we'll see. That's something that we'll see whenever they talk about it. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on a little more NFL talk. Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel. <sighs> Through four uh, NFL scouts from all 32 teams at Texas A&M's Pro Down Tuesday. Apparently, he looked really good. He ended up having a a long meeting with your New England Patriots right afterwards. Right after the workout. (laughs) I can't get away from Johnny. I can't get away from (laughs) him. God dang it. These are my questions, all right? I've got two, and I'm going to go ahead and give you my opinion on them. Uh, The first question is, bringing Manziel into camp worth the risk for any NFL team? And then number two is what team would he fit best with? Look, 100% yes, I think he is worth the risk. If you've still got somebody like Brandon Whedon out there signing contracts, then yes, he is absolutely worth the risk. Um, it, it, this is a league where people love comeback stories, right? And it's not just there. Uh, it, McKenna jumps in on Facebook, supposedly Johnny Football has a guaranteed CFL contract. Yeah, that's if he doesn't end up with the NFL. Yeah, that's how that thing is set. But in the CFL, he wants to be paid like a starter in the CFL, and the team that has his contract uh, does not want to pay him that because they have – see if this name rings a bell – Jeremiah Masoli, former Ole Miss Oregon quarterback from way back when. Yeah. Anyway, um, so as far as the team that I think he fits best best with, the New Orleans Saints. And I'll tell you why. Sean Payton has already shown that he can, like he's got an offense set up for an undersized quarterback. I think that Drew Brees is somebody that Manziel would respect enough to sit behind him and not trash talking. He wouldn't be a cancer in that locker room. He would understand. He could sit back and actually learn, and the offense fits him. So I think that it's a place that he would actually work well, and you know that those fans would be all over him there. I think it'd be great, and and while you may say that New Orleans is a place where he could get in a whole lot of trouble, I mean he already did at the Manning Academy back when he was at Texas Tech or Texas A&M. Um, look, you can get in trouble anywhere nowadays. Yeah, no. so so he was I, in I Cleveland. He got anywhere. in trouble. Yeah, they, it's a, they cracked him into in Cleveland. So, uh, what do you think? Here, the questions again: Is bringing Manziel into camp worth the risk? And two, what team would he fit best with? All right. Absolutely
0: worth the risk. You know how I feel about guys on second chances. I think if you've got all the stars in the world, he's going to come in. Here's what I like about him. Okay? You bring him in. Now you get him as an NFL free agent. Okay, You tell okay. him we're going to sign you to a super crazy cheap deal with a buttload of incentives. You want to be a starter? We're going to give you an opportunity to be a starter. All right. Okay. But we're going to pay you shekels. We're going to pay you nickels and beans and nothing. But you get a starter, you'll be a starter. You'll be treated like a rookie. We're not talking to the media. You'll get no media outlets. You'll get no media coverage. You'll do no interviews. You will come in, and you will earn a spot. What I need you to do is earn the locker room. I need you to come in and show the other guys that you care about football and you can lead this team. You do that, we're great. You screw up this much, you're out. That's it. I like it. That's it. I would, But I would absolutely do it. I'm going to tell you this. God, this is, this kind of hurts to say because I, I was really upset. <laughs> I was really upset when they drafted him the first time. But now we're having a different conversation. It would not devastate me if they forewent drafting a quarterback and they just re signed him. The Browns? Yeah. Because let's say you get to now you get to take Chubb with number one, and then there's a really good chance that uh, uh Barkley's there at four because everybody's quarterback hungry in this draft and you get a second shot of Johnny on the super cheap now. Now he's not even on a first year rookie deal. First round rookie deal. Now he's now he's just cheap. Do you think that Menzel would do that? I think Menzel wants a second chance at life. Oh, do I think he wants to go to Cleveland and prove something to the people that he upset? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he has anything against Cleveland. And and if you have in life, you've let people down that you, you kind of want it to do good things for. Yeah. If you could come back and prove, all right, you made mistakes and you're better somewhere else. That's one thing. But if you could prove to those people that took a chance on you initially, that's a whole different ball game. Okay. That's, that's a different set. That's the way I'm wired. That's a different set of motivation. If I ever let you down and I have a chance to make up for it, I am going to do anything and everything humanly possible to make sure I come through this second time.
1: Tenfold. Okay. Okay. I like this. So, now I, I I like him in New Orleans because I know that look they don't want Peyton to to go anywhere. He's going to be around for a while. He's an offensive mind. He knows how this thing works. You've already got a respected quarterback in there. I think that that's one of those things where he he still needs to learn what it takes to be an NFL quarterback.
0: That's so why he can sit behind Tyrod Taylor for a year. That's no problem. Let me ask. Yeah, you but a is question. Tyrod Taylor somebody that he respects? He don't have to learn from the damn quarterback in front of him. That's why you got coaches. That's okay. Okay, I'm with you. Who taught Peyton Manning? Who who taught Brett Favre how to play quarterback? Nobody. Okay. You you got they a point. They sat behind
1: bombs. Well, no, but they yeah they had coaches.
0: Yeah, they. Had do you coaches. think
1: they've got? It, do you think Hugh Jackson is uh, is good enough to coach Johnny Manziel? I, I think the I think the offensive
0: coaching staff that has been built well, it will be fine. Whether it be Hugh or not, the officer. So here, let's tie this back to the to the first story we talked about. Now you got Johnny on the cheap for a couple of years, and we tell Johnny, hey, we're gonna take oh, that that fourth oh. overall. We're gonna take that fourth overall pick, and we're gonna ship it to the Giants. Now the Giants pick two and four. How about one first round pick, and we get Odell, and we're gonna get you Odell. We're gonna try to lock up Jarvis. We got a stud, uh, a young a tight end. We got a running game like a champ. We're going to rebuild this offensive line and this defense is stellar. Okay. The okay. last two wins the Browns have in history Johnny Menzel got. Them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that not crazy? I listen, I think that I take if you tell me I could have Saquon Barkley with that fourth pick or I could have one of these other quarterbacks in this draft with the fourth pick or I can have Odell – the combination of Odell Beckham and Johnny Football
1: with the fourth pick. What would you take? I I think if I'm the Browns, I'd probably – The intrigue is so high there. Like, I, I wonder – I'm trying to figure out if the Browns fans would be super on board with this. Like, I think they would because like you don't, there's so much – It's just interesting, right? Yes, Everybody likes the return of the
0: prodigal son. Everybody likes that story. You you don't have to be religious to like the story of the prodigal son. Okay.
1: That's true. The boy that comes home. That's right. right. Yeah. No, I can get down with this. All right. So we're talking Browns and Saints. Uh, I'll be curious to see if it actually goes down. I I think that people want this. Um, I think NFL teams were impressed with him. So a, a lot of good reviews out of that. I uh, like people on second to, chances. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's move on to the fifth out of six topics. MLB opening day. Now, I don't know if you've paid too much attention to any of this. Uh, CBSSports.com's Mike Exissa uh, ranked the top 15 opening, uh, opening day matchups. And here's the top five, okay? I'm going to read it just from one through five. Number one, Corey Kluber and the Indians against Felix Hernandez and the Mariners. Uh, Number two, Carlos Martinez and the Cardinals against Noah Syndergaard and the Mets. Number three, Chris Sale and the Red Sox, your Red Sox, uh, against Chris Archer and the Rays. Number four, Justin Verlander and the Astros against Cole Hamels and the Rangers. And then five, Luis Severino with the Yankees and J.A. Hop with the Blue Jays. Like, I would imagine we're going to go over our MLB picks next week, uh, but what games are you most looking forward to over this coming Easter weekend? Like, what what is your favorite matchup of those five?
0: Out of out of those, I'm going to go with the late game, the night, which is going to be King Felix against Kluber. Now he's not King Felix anymore. He is older. He doesn't have the arm that he used to. But I grew up. But a lot of that's nostalgia for me. Yeah. I I I worship that guy when he was in his prime in this league. He he just devastated the the league. Um. So so that one. And then I and then I love the. Cleveland, I love Kluber. He's awesome. Um, both those teams look pretty loaded. I, I think both those teams going to have a chance to win the AL this year, and uh, and we'll we'll see what happens. That's probably
1: my favorite matchup out of all of them. Now, my favorite is like the Cardinals and the Mets. Two teams that that were supposed to be pretty good last season uh, got hit with injuries, had all sorts of different stuff go on. I'm curious to see where both of those teams are now. Um, And not to mention, Carlos Martinez was a lot of fun last year. He started off, like, on fire, bunch of strikeouts and whatnot, into the season with kind of a uh, whatever record, right? Um, But him and then a healthy Noah Syndergaard. Like, I'm curious because Syndergaard was hurt most of last season, just didn't look like himself. I want to see what Thor can do on that mound today. And that that game starts in – 20 minutes at, at yeah, so in a few minutes yeah yeah so we you know once once you and i get finished and i finish up a couple things at work uh i will be checking out Syndergaard and martinez to see what the cardinals and the mets can look like this season uh finally to wrap up the show this saturday is the ncaa tournament final four so, the Final Four will be on TBS, which, by the way, did you see the numbers difference between when they show these games on CBS and when they show them on TBS? No, I would. Uh... So, last weekend, like Kansas Duke and whatever else averaged about 24.5 million viewers. The Saturday games, which obviously not as good matchups, those averaged around 8 million. So you're talking three times more people for.
0: I wonder if we would have had Kansas Duke on TBS and the other games on CBS, what would they have been?
1: And that's a fair question. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely a fair question. And so, because Kansas Duke obviously is like a humongous matchup, right? Uh, that's, but the that's why. Get, like, the cable games mm-hmm. always do less than network games, mainly because, I mean, there's so many people oh, that have yeah, cut the score. Yeah, they just don't have it. Yeah, that's, that's all that is. So many people have cut the cord that, that you're always going to get a bigger number on network, on CBS. Yep. Uh, so I'm curious what the final four ratings will be, but we'll get to that. Look, 5.09 p.m. Central Time on Saturday night. Michigan is a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Loyola Chicago. The total is 129.5. Uh, and then at 7.49 p.m., you've got Villanova, a uh, five-point favorite over Kansas. total is 155. Uh, look, I was a little bit surprised that the spread on both of these was about the same. Like, Villanova is favored over Kansas by as much as Michigan is favored over Loyola Chicago. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, the lines
0: were a little shocking to me.
1: Um, I'm, I'm picking
0: winners, and then I'm guessing if you cover the spread, you just cover the spread. Okay.
1: Right, do you, you want me to give you mine first? Go, you, you got can. scores this go-around.
0: God, okay right, so
1: <laughs> look I'm gonna take Michigan 73 to 62 over Loyola so they're gonna cover uh, the spread and I'm gonna go over the 129.5 on that uh, and then as far as the other game I'm taking Villanova 80 to 72 so I'm going under the 155 uh, but I'm taking Villanova to cover the five so who are you taking this go-around For the first time in a long time, my mama would be proud of me. I'm going
0: with the Fighting Catholics on both sides of it. I'm taking Loyola. Yeah. Okay. I I do not think Loyola is a Cinderella. I do not think they are an underdog. After watching them every minute of every game that they have played in this tournament, they've got 30 wins on the season. This team knows how to win. And they, they play a lot like Michigan plays. And uh and I'm just I'm rolling with them. And then uh and I would think that that game would go over the one twenty nine. All the real low over unders that have been in the one twenties have I think gone over. I don't think a single line that's been in the one twenties, like one twenty nine, one twenty eight, has gone under all tournament.
1: I will um, tell you this though, the the unders are hitting at a fifty eight percent clip in this tournament. But that's because most of them are in the
0: one fifties.
1: But the yeah. fact that this
0: 129, there's been several 127, 128, 129s. I don't think a single one of those has been under. So I would take yeah. an over. And both these teams can shoot the three. Loyola gets hot shooting the three; it's over. It's, it's over. The th- yeah. Here's the thing:
1: Loyola doesn't require like they don't they don't rest on the three. Nope. As much as Michigan does. So if Michigan cannot get hot when they're playing inside the Alamo Dome, you know, it, it look that it, playing in a dome is a lot different, different than playing in a stadium. Play, like yeah. the the playing in, in a
0: 15000 15, seat stadium like a like a basketball arena, is totally different than playing in a forty thousand seat dome, yes. or whatever it holds. So yeah, way different. Right, so Villanova, yeah. Kansas, who and um, I'm going I'm going, I'm going over. I'm going to I think they have been the best team in this whole tournament from start to finish. Okay. They ha- they had their worst game last week. They still pulled out the victory, um and and kind of handily. They 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 were never really in danger of losing it, and they played like crap. Yeah, so, 71-59 over Texas Tech. Yeah, and, and that, that was their worst game. Dude, You and I, I like that Texas Tech team. They're a good team. Villanova's the best team
1: in this conference, in this tournament, and I don't know anybody's beating them the whole time. I think you're probably right. I think uh, – now, you and I, will have to figure out what we're going to do for next week because normally we go live on Monday nights. Um, if we do – then the NCAA Tournament uh, Championship game will be right after we get done uh, because I believe it comes on a little after 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's, it's a like late kick. Yeah, it's, it, what is it? Is it after 7 or is it like 8? It might be 8 o'clock. All, all of the
0: championship games so far for college, basketball or football was the same way. They, they're super late because they're trying to get the whole nation to get on.
1: Okay. Well, we, we may actually be able to do the show on, uh, on Monday instead of, uh, instead of Sunday. If we got to do a Monday afternoon show like this, we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll absolutely roll with that. So we'll, we'll figure something out. You and I will talk uh, over the weekend and, and yeah, get that sure. figured out. But for now, that is going to wrap up today's show. Uh, as always, make sure you check out the website, winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your favorite podcast apps and press that little share button right down there. I'm telling you, it's in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. Share out on Facebook. Share it out on Twitter. Um, enjoy the final four. Enjoy the Easter holiday. We will be back next week. Chris, I'll talk See to you, man. Next. Be good, buddy. Yep. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Everything. You can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. You can follow myself at GaryWCE.
0: You can follow me at Chris B Giannini,
1: You can also email the show that's Winning Cures Everything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time,
0: have a good one, guys.